Hey guys, welcome to Bag and Boardcast episode number 392. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out August 7th, 2019. Let's get ready to read! We always follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're actually going to be talking about some of our favorite TV series finales of all times. Uh, this isn't any kind of top ten list, because there's only three of us. We pick three each. We'll probably piggyback on the backs of some of the other ones, but yeah, these are just some of our uh, favorite series enders of all times. Yeah, but you know, that's how we're going to end the show. How we begin every show. Is with a drink, guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and specifically beer. And uh, this week, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking from Abita Brewing Company, uh, part of their Bourbon Street line. This is their Baltic Porter, uh, aged 100% in bourbon barrels, sitting at 9.5% ABV. Uh, this really doesn't have anything that I normally would like from a bourbon-aged beer or a Baltic Porter. It's almost like someone poured you a half glass of beer and then was like, ooh, I don't have enough. I'm just going to cut it with water. It's just very light, very, like, watered down. I'm just not... I mean, it has a little bit of that kind of, like, burnt vanilla and, like, cling on the tongue, but there's no just, like, big, robust flavor that I was expecting from the Baltic Porter. They're coming to get you, Chris, for drinking that, too. You know what? They, They heard us talking about it, and they're like, oh, we need to go rescue him. Um... Plus side, I guess, is only $12 for the the bomber size bottle, so it wasn't a huge investment. Um, yeah, but for $2 more, you could have bought a four-pack of Masagave. Oh, but and for $2 less, I could have gotten a bottle of Anderson Valley's uh, bourbon barrel. Uh, uh, I, I honestly, anytime I've had the Abita barrel-age stuff, I've never, I think I've gotten it twice, you know, maybe two, three years ago, and I've never went back because... They weren't enjoyable. See, I I bought this just with the knowledge of previous Abita beers I've had, which they're they're pretty solid. I mean, Purple Haze is one of my all-time favorite beers. Other stuff that they have, too, um, like their Rod Iron IPA, uh, the one with the alligator on it, I can't remember. Those are decent, drinkable beers. Like, I've never actually been really let down by anything um, until this. Not a big fan. Not the worst beer I've ever had, but yeah, I mean, luckily I'm looking yeah. more forward to my next beer than I was this one. This one I just picked up because I was like, well, I'm probably going to need two beers for the show. Uh, the other one's a little bit more of a big boy, so I figured I would end on that one, but I just didn't want to only have one to talk about throughout the day. So I picked this up because it was a beer from our brewery that I liked, decent price point. I'm just let down. I'm not... I'm not completely saddened by it. I'm still going to finish drinking it. All right. Paul. Well, cool. Well, I'm drinking a beer that I think he would like, Chris. And this is uh, from Robach Brewing Company. Oh, I, prob- I probably would like that. I do like Robach. This is for it's part of their Neotriac. Neotriac. John, how do we say this? Neotriac. Neotriac. Is it? Neotriac. Okay. Track. They... they Track. I see, I see, I see the series out on the shelves, and uh, you know I'm I'm always interested because it brought us the blueberry pancakes. 
that these are just like blueberry pancakes with maple syrup. That uh, they didn't. They're... They didn't do it this year. I know the milk and cookies. Tastes great, like milk and cookies, like cookies and cream beer. And uh, this is their pineapple wheat. Uh, I'm not a big fan of wheat beer. Usually, uh, they make my tummy a little rumbly. Uh, but this has got a nice, full pineapple flavor right up the front. It does have a. It mellows out all pineapple all the time. Um, but it does have a little bit of that. Oh, wait, where did that flavor go? You know, it's not quite ghosting on me, but it is a, a quick punch of flavor and then gone. But enjoyable and delicious. Yeah, I haven't had. I've had those other ones that you mentioned. I haven't had this one. Um, I just didn't get around to it. It was kind of in and out pretty quick. I don't. Some of those ones I don't bring in a lot of into my store. Like milk and cookies, I bring in extra. The blueberry pancakes, but some of these other ones they don't have the as much of a draw. So it was kind of in and out pretty quick for me. But uh, the beer that I think has a great draw that people in my area aren't drinking for some reason is from greater good brewing company and this is pulp a juicy hazy new england ipa nectar of the hop gods eight percent and it is juicy and you take a sip and you're like oh yeah that's pretty good new england and then you're like pow Orange, grapefruit, citrus burst on the back of your tongue that stays and gives you this nice, pulpy juiciness to it. Um, (coughs) It is super enjoyable. I actually had this um, the first time it came into my stores, probably back around 4th of July, uh, and loved it. And um, couldn't wait when I got a fresh batch in to have it again. It is uh, absolutely delicious, and I highly recommend it to anyone who can find it. I'm going to have to look for it. Yes. Pulp! Pulp! Pulp. Speaking about pulp, it's going to lead us into the news. Pulp. Newspaper. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That was was very forced, Uh, but... I, I, I could not think of how to run with it any other way. I mean, the only way to get your news garden to grow is to use pulp as fertilizer? That's even worse. Is it even worse? worse? Somehow? somehow it's worse? Yeah. Somehow that's even worse. I don't know. I don't even get it. Anyway, so uh, some big news. Well, what I thought was big news is uh, Disney uh, offer- is offering us a deal, guys, since they are now uh, basically the... Uh, but they own 66% of Hulu. Yep. They uh, own ESPN completely. And they're going to be owning a little app called a uh, little bundle, a little television uh, streaming service called Disney Plus. And they're going to bundle all three services of uh, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus together for twelve ninety nine a month. Not, not a bad what? price. What a bargain. How much is Hulu alone? Uh, like 11 bucks, isn't it? Um, is it? I don't know. I've never paid for Hulu. I've never had Hulu. I used to pay for Hulu, uh, and then my mother-in-law pays for Hulu now. And we have oh, nice. we have it so you can have multiple accounts on it. And then she also pays for no commercials, because she doesn't have time for commercials. <laughs> she ain't got time. She doesn't have time. She doesn't have time. She's up and- She's got stuff to do, and now I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm definitely going to jump on 
this uh, bandwagon. I think this is the bundle I'm going to get. You know how I do. I love the sports. You do love the sports. So I don't know what I'm going to get with ESPN Plus, but for free. <laughs> like why not? Now, because yeah, is my my only thought, and I I I read a previous article about um, that it, that who that Disney Plus was coming to Hulu, um, but I didn't see if it was an extra payment because like they have Showtime, they have Stars and stuff like that that you can pay extra, but it's um, almost like an abridged version of that. Like you, you get some of the shows and the more popular. You don't get some of the um, older shows, and you don't get like all of the movies. So I, that's the only thing I was worried about. This is if it's an abridged version of the Disney thing. You get only these movies, and maybe you only get these shows. That's the only thing I would look into. But again, no, I, I, I mean, this is all coming from Disney. Like this is their their baby like they really have nothing to lose out on from this because you're either going to be spending like the six bucks a month for hulu or extra if you don't want the commercials because you don't have time for that uh and the seven dollars a month for disney plus or just bundle everything together for 12 because uh, i just looked it up and espn plus on its own is normally five bucks a month yeah yeah that's what i was about to say too i'm like i found the prices and (laughs) but you found it too this basically costs disney nothing at all and people will be like, oh, well, you know what? For an extra $6, I might as well add on the Hulu or ESPN Plus. Or, you know what? I'm already spending mm-hmm. the 5 bucks a month. Why don't I just spend another, like, 7 and I'll get Disney Plus and Hulu? Like, I think this is a good way to get everything bundled together. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a sports guy. Uh, obviously, we've talked about it a lot over the years. But... I think the prices for each one of these individually is a great value, but then to throw in the other two for only thirteen is that's great. Like that's that's fantastic. And yeah. and also it, it Disney doesn't have to worry about making an app for PlayStation or Xbox because Hulu's already on those, so mm-hmm. it's just a part of that then for you. So you don't have to. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about making an app where it's just think- Disney. I don't think that's how it's... I think it's going to be its own app still. I think it's just going to be bundled uh, for well, pricing. I if don't I, think it's going to be... If I go into Hulu now on my PS4, I can oh. I can go on and get Stars or whatever, pay extra, and then watch through Stars. Hmm. They do the same so maybe, the yeah. same thing with like Amazon where you can get HBO or um, there's a, like a horror one or you can get english ones they have all these extra channels that you can buy and then watch on there so i would imagine that they would just make the disney plus a part of hulu i i feel like if anything they may go the opposite and have the hulu stuff be part of disney plus because i think disney plus is going to be kind of more like the destination viewing with hulu being the like oh and you can also watch not live tv but you know the more recent stuff, but we'll see. I mean, it's coming out in November. Yeah, we'll figure it all out. And Disney's and Disney's looking for a way to uh, increase their uh, their revenues because uh, you know they came out with their earnings call today or yesterday, and uh, it did not uh, meet market expectations. But 
I don't know. I haven't looked into the market call yet, so or the investor call yet. But this was part of the investor call, yeah. so that's why. Uh, so it broke just now. Also, something we didn't really talk about with the San Diego Comic Con stuff, but it ties into the Disney Plus. Uh, the Mandalorian already given the go ahead for season two. Ooh. So probably getting at least like another like five to ten episodes of that as well, which is big because I what was the production budget on each one of those episodes? Like ten million dollars. It was or something? ten million dollars. The whole thing. It was ten episodes for like a hundred million dollars. So the fact that Disney's willing to sink that money into a second season of a show that hasn't aired yet on a digital streaming service that hasn't launched yet. I think shows just the faith that they have in not only Disney Plus but The Mandalorian, which I think is awesome as you know a Star Wars fan. And I, uh, also- I've you know like they had like little clips and stuff, and it looks like beautifully done. It looks great. Uh, and then um, the actor who's playing the lead, I just watched a um, like a sci-fi movie uh, with him. And he was phenomenal in it. And I was like, man, I can't wait for him to play the Mandalorian because the character he played in that was very close to what I would imagine the Mandalorian would be. Uh, Paul just sent a message to us saying Witcher trailer. Uh, Talking about looking really well done. Didn't we talk about that? We did. I think. Did we talk about the trailer? I couldn't remember. That's why I put it as a message. Yeah. And so it's asking on the show because I didn't want to look like an idiot. I didn't want to look show. like an idiot. Hey, listeners, if we talked about that last week, let us know over on our Facebook <laughs> or on our show notes uh, on our website. Yeah. If not, then eh, we, we're not. We're going to talk about it. So just I guess get Netflix no, and watch it. It's okay. I'm I'm going to have to do some post-show research because I didn't know about the Disney earnings call yesterday. I've that was, I've yeah. been really lazy it's, today. It was actually today. Oh, was it today? So, okay. Um, yeah. So a little background on my day. I was off from work today, so I mostly just sat around, played uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, did laundry, and every time I thought about leaving my apartment to go get beer for the show today, I would look outside, and there was just such a long line of traffic outside my apartment building because there was a huge accident uh, down... If I, if I go out my apartment down to the left, like the next big intersection, so they were routing all the traffic from that big intersection down my street. So every time I looked outside, I was like, nope, these cars aren't even moving. I, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to keep doing laundry, playing magic. And then finally it got to the point where I was like, I really need to go get beer because I don't want to not have anything to talk about tonight. Um, I, I should have been doing other research, but magic sucked me in. Yeah, it happens, man. Uh, what was the other news that we had? Do we, do you well, we got go the into... you got the bracket, Paul. You can talk yeah, about some more Disney stuff. Oh, you want to do the summer summer movie bracket buster? Yeah, we, bracket buster. Because we had some yeah. Disney stuff that came out in that, which Disney's probably happy about. Oh yeah, Disney must ha- should be very happy with uh, the Lion King opening up, uh, having a tremendous opening weekend of one hundred and ninety-seven point eight million dollars opening or they actually opened up with with 191.7 million dollars opening weekend uh and then it would go up against toy story 4 which for its first full week someone someone just opened my instagram story (laughs) try to turn the volume off too (laughs) that was my cat (laughs) (laughs) yes it was and uh 
Hobson Shaw opened up. Hobson Shaw opened up with a cool $60 million. So, uh, yeah, so we know The Lion King is uh, moving on. It actually moves on versus Toy Story 4 as well uh, for opening, you know, for first full week. Toy Story 4, $179 million. The Lion King, first full week, $197.8 million. Uh, so it looks like it's... Uh, Who's going to try to take down the King of the Jungle? Uh, Lion King doing extremely well. Uh, I finally had a chance to see it a few days ago. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great successor to what John Favreau was able to do in The Jungle Book. It's an absolutely glorious movie. But it's so close to the original one that it really didn't do anything fresh or too exciting. I would still probably put this behind Aladdin in the more recent, you know, live action updates. Um, not as good as Beauty and the Beast, but definitely ahead of stuff like Cinderella or Maleficent. Um, mm. Which I don't. I saw a trailer for Maleficent too, which I'm surprised. That, I feel like that's like six years too late. But I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, was it six years ago that I, came out? I feel like it, it's been a while. I only seen it on like TV on like TBS or something. I don't even know what which channel. Maybe it was USA. But uh, it wasn't bad. No, it's, the original it's not bad. Maleficent. I mean, it was in development forever. Mm-hmm. But I just oh, it came out in twenty fourteen. Okay, so five years. Um, I just don't. No, I don't have any kind of draw for Angelina Jolie or like Sleeping Beauty. I think it's just one of the more boring Disney classics. So what do I know? Um, but yeah, I I don't want to see that movie do bad. But it for some reason I'm just having flashbacks to when they did the Alice through the Looking Glass, where it's like, oh, here's mm-hmm. a sequel to a movie that did really well, but then just like nobody cared about it because. They only liked the first one because it was something brand new and inventive. Right. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I wonder what Bob Iger thought about it all. He would probably tell us on that earnings call. <laughs> well, we need to so let's do some research. <laughs> do some research, maybe for next week. But uh. John, did he just crack open another beer? Should we move on? Pr- Are you done with I'm news? I'm still drinking this one. Well, we have some other news we can finish up talking oh, about. Got some. Yeah. <laughs> What's some other news? Uh, Andy Serkis has uh, been picked as the oh, I forgot about that again. next director for the Venom movie. Um, initially teased by uh, Tom Hardy on like his Instagram with a picture of the two of them together with like a sign that said like Venom or something. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> And then um, officially announced that he's the director, which um, I'm I'm happy to hear. I like Andy Serkis. Uh, he might have been a better pick for, uh, I want to say Cassius Clay, but what was... Uh, Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, That's Muhammad I, Ali. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that would be an awful pairing. But I mean, he's he's known um, he's known for doing his, a lot of motion capture stuff. He's got his own motion capture company. And um, but, did I you mean, watch his Did you watch his um, Netflix the, the uh, Mowgli? Yeah, I I did not because 
when I was scrolling through Netflix one time, it popped up, and you know how it does like the almost like the teaser trailer for whatever you have highlighted. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, what I saw from that it was like, ooh, I don't want to watch this movie. Um, nothing against Andy Serkis because I think he's done fantastic motion capture work. I know he was like the second unit director for uh, all of the Hobbit. Th- was it the Hobbit? Okay, I couldn't remember if it was Hobbit or like one of the later Lord of the Rings because at that point Peter Jackson had so much faith in him. He was like, no, like you, you get this, like go ahead. Um, I, I, I like Andy Serkis too. I have no stake in the Venom race i guess like i still haven't seen the first one it's not bad but it's not it's, good and i think yeah. andy circus would have some clout and they'd be able to make a better movie because I, I definitely it definitely heard it that they shot an r-rated movie and then cut it to pg-13 and the yeah, best that's... the best thing is tom hardy tom hardy is he's swinging for the fences with that is I'll, and I'll uh, from what I heard, that just, the the Mowgli is actually really good. It's a lot darker of a story than um, the John Favreau, but uh, from what I hear, it's supposed to be really good. I don't know, but uh, I I liked seeing that Andy Circus. I like seeing Andy Circus. I was upset in Black Panther when. He, he didn't get too much, to do, really get too much to do because every scene that he was yeah. in stole the show for me. I was like, man, I, I love I love this character. And even like him as Snoke, I was like, uh, hey, okay, even if it's just his voice, all right. And then it's like, oh, he dies there too. He's the new Sean. Uh, so, he's the new Sean. He's the new whoa, Sean. Spoilers! <laughs> it's, Paul, Paul's trying to avoid Star Wars spoilers, Sean. You didn't know that? That includes movies that came out over a year ago. Um, I mean, kind of talk... Talking about uh, Andy Serkis, something we didn't really talk about too much. Um, what do you guys think about everything that happened with the Mouse Guard movie? Did you hear about that? No. Oh, okay. So um, There's a Mouse Guard movie? There was supposed to have been. Um, it was in development over at Fox. It was going to be a CG like motion capture movie uh, with Andy Serkis involved in that with like Idris Elba and like some other people based off of the David Peterson graphic novels, uh, which... We interviewed him at the Boston Comic Con like six years ago. You can probably I find say, that, that guy was great because we did uh, a whole like half hour interview with him, and then Paul was like, mm, <laughs> "This wasn't recording." And then we did the art, we did the review, the interview all over again with him, and he was great because he was also going like, "What did I say last time?" <laughs> uh, but after Disney bought out Fox, that was one of the things that they put the kibosh on. I don't know if it was just something to do. They don't with, like, like other budget, mouse or They didn't know if they'd properties. be able to find the market for it. But oh, it's mouse fantastic! Guard, like, it's such a good book, and if you haven't read it or heard of it, I mean, it's basically high adventure stories with mice with swashbuckling swords and shields and axes. Like, it's a fun, awesome, gorgeous book. Which I wish I would have been able to see this, but no, that would have been fantastic. Was attached to that too. I know. Hopefully, someday right. we can get something of that. I mean, also just because Idris Elba's in it, and right? Dude's boss. Even as a cat. 
Uh, I mean, he's the coolest looking of the cats, as discussed last uh, week. Yeah, he even show, he's got some right. line in all his interviews when he's asked about it, and he's like, "I'm the best fucking cat there is." Like it's something like that, where he's just like, "No, I'm better than all of them." <laughs> uh. Yeah. So is that news? Uh, no, we had uh, one other thing oh. with just announced the other day that. Kevin Conroy, you may know him best right. as the voice of Batman from Batman the Animated Series, will be appearing in the CW uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Crisis on Multiple Earths, yep, whatever yeah, they're calling it. it. It's uh, going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it's going to be their uh, mega crossover event with, with all the CW superhero, yeah, uh, DC superhero shows. Yeah, uh, we mentioned uh, of, Brandon uh, Roth, Arrow, which is, is crazy. Uh, expected to play Kingdom Come Superman. Um, they are going to have another Batman 2, uh, younger Bruce Wayne version as well. Um, hmm. Is it going to be the kid from Gotham? Yeah, but that's... Probably I mean, not. I mean, that would be kind of cool. Fox I, I stopped watching Gotham after like the first... Like, CW, I doubt that they'd do that. But Gotham's done. Yeah, Gotham's over. So, so maybe? I don't know. I saw th- uh, I saw a thing too where like Stephen Amell uh, plays Oliver Queen on the CW's Arrow <laughs> was like oh, man I would love to get Tom Welling involved too like he seems well like- they hinted at it last year during last year's crossover event where they played the the Remy Zero song Somebody Save Me when they went to another Earth and uh, it Smallville and I'm like are they going to do it are they is Tom Welling no it wasn't though. I mean, CW, if you really want to surprise me and make me be like, okay, you know what? I care about these shows again. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's... Chloe Sullivan. (laughs) They're going to green screen her. Find a way to do it. Find a way to do it. I'm pretty sure they would have distanced somebody who had a sex slave. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You (laughs) sex slave cult. You want... you want I've me to been, watch, though. I've been branded that's, by her, that's how so you I make feel it like happen. I have to watch her episode. I think that's... <laughs> she, she seemed like such a sweetheart. I know we, we talked about this briefly before on the show, but heading into the uh, early, early aughts, for me, she was like the new Alice Mack. Uh-huh. Like, I got that same feeling when I would watch the sequel of Alice Mack with a... Uh, Larissa Olenek, I was like, all right, this girl's cute. She's approachably cute. Fun. I have a crush on her. <laughs> and now I'm just like, ooh. If you were willing to work for a living, Chris. Uh, you know that's not <laughs> I, too much work. <laughs> they could only eat like a thousand calories a day or something. That's one of the things that they had. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. No, thank it's you. not good. I like to eat. Not good. And I also like to drink, guys. Oh, cool. I have to go get my next beer. Uh, I think it's... Okay. But think Kevin Conroy, live-action Batman, first time ever. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also said they're bringing in Bla- the character from Black Lightning is going to make an appearance during the crossover. So they're going all out, and I think it's it's well-deserved. Um, well, I think that's CW- one of like, the best things that they've been able to do is have all these shows be... like crossoverable because everything works together it's all one network it's all on i don't think it's on the same night anymore but i think 
they have almost like a programming block of it where it's like, okay, if you're a fan of these shows, you probably wind up watching all of them. And that's that's the fun of like comic books, like seeing the characters that you love cross over, like pop up in each other's stuff. That's the whole reason why I really like that episode of Supergirl <laughs> with the Flash. One of the two yeah. that I watched. It's the best episode of Supergirl. <laughs> it's not a good episode, Supergirl, because the villains were awful. But uh man, when Barry gets her ice cream, it's the best. And when they go out and talk out on the patio, it's the best. But it's not the best episode. It's not the best episode, but those two moments are the best. And the thing with the Flash, even though they really screwed up the villains, as John has said before, they always have those heart-to-heart moments that I absolutely love. It reminds me of the Silver Age. I never read them. I just listened to Tom vs. the Flash, a great podcast. Uh, and he would describe the comic books. And he always had, uh, Barry Allen would always have a heart-to-heart with people on a park bench. Well, I, think, I think that's part of like, the Flash stuff on its own, though, because we got those moments with Wally even when we were reading The Flash, or even in stuff like the Justice League cartoon, where... Mm-hmm. Was that Justice League, or was it... Uh, Oh my gosh, where he's, uh, where he's... Justice League Unlimited. Unlimited, that's what it was, okay. Where he gets a museum named after him. Yeah, yeah, that's Justice League Unlimited. That's uh, the episode called Flash and Substance. Yeah, because you still get those moments, even though it's not the Barry Flash and it's not from the 60s. Like, I think that kind of carried through the character throughout the years. Yeah. It's definitely enjoyable. So, and I love that they brought back John Wesley's ship. And uh, he's he was the dad, but he's also actually played. Well, he's also uh, he's also Jay Garrick on too. these crossovers as well from the. <laughs> mm-hmm. But on the last crossover like... event, he was Barry Allen in the old. Oh, really? Suit. Oh man! See, and he shows up, and uh, actually, you see like a bunch of like the Justice League, like all kind of defeated, and he's the only one that escaped that world. Uh, I think they called it Earth 90 something. Like Earth 90. Because the 1990s. Oh no, Dean Cain's gone! (laughs) It's probably for the best. Wow. Rude. Woof. I don't want to get political, but. He could have been a Buffalo Bill. Yep. Anywho, I think that'll uh, either are we going to talk about our next beer or go into the list? The comic book's coming out August 7th, 2019. I think we're going into the list then. I have to go get my beer before we do that, so give me a second. <laughs> well, I'll talk about my book. I want to hear you talk about your book, though. And uh, my book, Chris, since you're so excited, is Lois Lane, issues number one and two, because I missed that issue number one came out. Because this is uh, written by one of the one of my favorite kind of uh, comic book writers coming back to DC, and this is Greg Rucka with Ooh, uh, Art okay. Spy. You have my attention now, Mar- Mike Mike Perkins. So back at DC, and he's going to be writing a uh, Mike kind of Perkins. a. Yep, you have to say it like Chris Traeger from Products and Rec. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike Perkins because of Ann Perkins, uh, Ann Perkins, Mike Perkins. That is literally uh, the only way you can say that name. <laughs> uh, I forgot so where I was going with this. Paul. Greg Rucka, DC, writing books, Gotham City, Lois Lane there, going to team up, maybe with a question? So that'll be fun. No, um, as soon as you, like, 
when you said Lois Lane, I was just like, all right, this is a bullshit Paul book. But then as soon as you said <laughs> Greg Rucka, I was like, oh, no, this is like international woman of mystery book now. Like, yeah. I, I want to read this. And hopefully you submit it for our uh, our look back because, yeah, I want to read a Greg Rucka Lois Lane book because how has that not existed before this moment? Uh, this yeah. is also basically spinning out of the event Love Biosyn from uh, Brian Michael Bendis. So it's going to kind of, cl- I think it's going to kind of closely mirror that. So we'll see how it goes. If I, if I don't put it on our look back, uh, issues number one and two, or just issue one, it's because I think it's too far deep in the event Leviathan. And then, you know, it wouldn't be worth talking about on the podcast as its uh, own see, book. I feel like at that point, though, because we're going to be getting the question involved in Event Leviathan as well. And Greg Ruck is such a like question person with Rune Montoya. I, I feel like it would have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, John or Chris, which book? Books? Reading? Uh, from, from Dark Horse. I don't Horse. think I can do the, uh, I don't think I should drink the other half, the other half. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I, I warned you. Uh, uh, from Dark Horse Comics, I'm reading Berserker Unbound, number one. And this is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Mike Diodato Jr. And this is a merciless Sword and sorcery warrior finds himself blasted through a wormhole to modern-day Metropolis, where he must protect those around him from an evil wizard. Uh, I'm a fan of Jeff Lemire's work. This kind of sounds fun. It's kind of him taking like a Conan the Barbarian into uh, into the city. And um, is nothing okay. else really piqued my interest. It sounds fun. So when you first brought this up, it... I thought it was something to do with the uh, manga, like anime Berserk. It has nothing to do with that then, because that's because no. that's also from Dark Horse, which is I don't know the Japanese publisher of it, but okay, that's what I thought it was going to be. And then you said Jeff Lemire, and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like something he would do. Okay, why would I get a magnet book? Well, it, it could have been a updated reimagining. I didn't know. Because that was Berserk, this is Berserker. I, I didn't know. Remember Paul was like, my love for you is like a truck Berserker. That's I don't remember that at all. Like, yeah, that was like <laughs> 43 that minutes like, ago. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Pre-show, guys. On. Pre-show. Nobody else knows about that. And Chris, you, you're always a mystery. You never tell us. I told you guys before, though. Did you? I wasn't. You might not have been listening at that point. Um, I'm actually looking forward to a book that's coming out last week now. uh, Because all the books that I had pulled for this week, I'm like, oh, I'm not buying that. Oh, I'm not going to buy that. Uh, But this is going to be Star Wars Age of Resistance special number one for Marvel Comics. Uh, I like the Star Wars comic books. I like these specials. I like that we're getting those kind of little snapshots in the different ages of the universe like the prequels the original trill and now we're getting like the the new trill uh but yes age of resistance special this is going to be three different stories anthology books so already invested in it uh we're going to be getting an admiral holo 
story mm. uh, from G. Willow Wilson, which she was one of our favorite creators uh, with Miss Marvel when that came out. Uh, we're going to be getting a Mascanada story written by Tom Taylor. And then there's also going to be a Poe Dameron BB-8 story from Chris Eliopoulos. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to this book. Like I say, with every single Star Wars story, I'm looking forward to getting to know more about these characters that I've been introduced to in the movies. I just hope I'm not let down by it like I was the uh, the Finn book, where it's like, oh, he's always just been a goofball. Um, yeah. But I don't know, like, Admiral Holo sounded cool. Ho- sorry, Holdo mm-hmm. uh, was cool in the book. I thought they were setting her up to be the new leader of the Resistance, since we weren't going to have Carrie Fisher as uh, Leia anymore. Definitely wrong on that, but I don't know. Spoilers! Oh, Laura, I'm getting a Laura Dern comic book, which, you know, kind of cool. Oh. Maybe. Love Jurassic Park. Going back, rewatching it? Yeah, still a dope movie. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Resistance Special. This will be on the list for uh, Look Back, though, so get ready to read. So, uh, Laura Dern, you know, she pops into my head quite often when I'm, uh, you know, out, uh, because I just did the Run 716 Day. I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I, I just did the uh, Run 716 Day, which is a 15K. Okay, and Paul and ran it with a limp the whole time, like Laura well, Dern trying to escape. Sometimes you get a cramp, and you're just, just trying to run through the pain, and I think of her. Run! <laughs> when she just screams it, and is just limp, running with a limp, and just through the pain, if she can do it, I can get through this cramp. She's an inspiration to to me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's all I'm saying. But beer, guys, beer. But or do we do dramatic reading first? I always forget. We can do whatever. It it's up to Chris. It all depends on Chris. What does and he say? Does he do the dramatic reading from Convergence number four? <laughs> Page 9, panel 11. The strongest will survive. That is a very basic rule of life. So no, Dick Grayson. There's a dramatic reading from Convergence, number 4, page 9, panel 11. From twenty, that just makes- from 2015, guys. I, I feel like that's the furthest back I've gone for a book in a while. It is. It is far back. When you said convergence, I'm like, oh, I don't even remember what that was about. There, it was a weird amalgam. They brought and made a weird world of all the different types of multiverse characters. Remember, they were all in the bottle cities, basically. Remember, like some of them were Ray Palmer. No, some of them were good. Some of them bad. But like, you had like. Mm The question, the old school Captain Adam. Oh, I remember reading like Blue Beetle, like team up book. I remember there was that a was... Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book that was by like Ron Mars. That I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, like this was when I started reading Green Lantern and I was like super pumped for it. Yeah, and there was a I'm good not... Shazam one that was super kind of that old school pulpy. Yeah, it was kind of like a a greatest hits. It was like, oh, if you liked, you know blue beetle like oh guess 
guess what? Blue Beetle's Ted Cord again, and it's being done by, you know, Keith Giffen and, like, Jim DeMattis. Like, here you go. It's kind of, kind of cool, but I don't remember what the resolution for the story was besides, like, trying to create a streamlined timeline story for the current DCU. And it didn't work. I'm wondering if I should have, you know, because it's basically real life that this only the strongest will survive. So as if, you know, he's saying, so there is no Dick Grayson. As if he's not the strong, you know, only the strong survives. So Dick Grayson doesn't survive. Maybe I should have read it that way. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I've had that before. <laughs> I don't think you've had that before. I haven't opened that book probably since I read it when it came out. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The next picture is John's beer that the beer that John's drinking right Ooh, now. Which is what, John? Uh, I am drinking from Thin Man Brewery Trial by Wombat, seven percent New England IPA, and it is fucking delicious. Uh, this beer is, I think, fourteen forty nine. It holds up against uh, an other half or a wrench, and it's cheaper than both of those. It is really good. Uh, out in stores now, uh, limited time for right now, and just a really nice, juicy, full-flavored IPA. Um, absolutely fantastic. If you want juice, though, John, you should have the Thin Man's other beer. And that's Mickey Boodle. And this is their raspberry sour ale. And this is straight up raspberry jam in a can. Oh, it's like, it's it's drinking raspberry preserves. It's so good. It's, I love that beer. I have it in nice my It's nice and tart without fridge. being super sweet. It's it's just so juicy, so tart, so sour. Uh, just really easy drinking. 7% uh, alcohol by volume. I'm so glad they canned this now and we can just get it. Uh, it has a gorgeous red color to it. If you do pour it out of the can, uh, it's it's a great beer. And also for Johnny, we're saying that this beer and there's another sour out there right now from Thin Man. So Remember all the stuff Mi- he said before yes. the show. So Minky Minky Boodle <laughs> is uh, it's going to be one of their flagship beers. It'll pretty much always be out there. This your what you're drinking, Paul, is probably actually the second batch of Minky Boodle. Because um, the first batch came and went, um, but they also are going to be doing a sour series, um, mostly focusing on their glowworm, which is going to be a rotating fruited sour. So it's going to be the same base beer sour with uh, changing fruits. So right now it is a blackberry guava sour, um, which should be good. I have it in my fridge. I'm looking forward to drinking it. Um, but next time it could be blueberry. Uh, papaya or you know um, apricot and mango who knows uh, it's whatever combination they're they're gonna be making um, but thin man came out really really swinging um, they they gave you all their core stuff burning money bliss uh, a Pilsner um, their third anniversary which was a double dry hopped blueberry apricot beer and Minky Boodle, and then like the following week, they gave you um, another batch of Minky Boodle because it was almost all sold out, and they gave you um, Sci-Fi Hamster Wheel, and then a week and a half later, <laughs> a week and a half later, they gave you Trial by Wombat, and 
another batch of Minky Boodle. Um, but the interesting thing is I was at the brewery before before they were canning. It was right before that. And I got to try Minky Boodle right out of the tank um, before it was uh, canned. It was, it was kind of fun. And it was delicious then, and it's delicious now. Man. So how much is the uh, glowworm right now? Glowworm right now is uh, uh, fourteen forty nine, but the ooh that seems pricey. The next the next batch is going to be priced at eleven ninety nine, and that will be its consistent price. Wow, that seems like a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is for for the the quality and the fact that it's a rotating sour like that. I think eleven ninety nine dollars. That's $3 worth of savings. I'm going to have to close, like, a bank account twice for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Was that on the show, or is that just private talk? That's going to be edited out, though. Oh, you should leave it. That's fun. Leave it. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like everything else is going to be pretty short. You could probably leave that in. All right. Well, Well, I'll do some strategic editing there, then. <laughs> if you guys want to hear what we were actually talking about, become a patron on Patreon. <laughs> that seems like a thing we yeah, should say. We don't do, do that. Don't. No. So, so don't you're not missing out on it, listeners. There's nothing you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you're not missing out because guys, I'm, drinking is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, that's why it's referred to as hard drinking. Yeah, uh, you know, you know what else is hard? Ending, ending a series. I have to talk about my beer still. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Doing a podcast is hard. Chris, you know what's hard? The beer you're drinking? Um, it it could definitely be pretty hard, because this is a 10.75% ABV, and this is coming from Clown Shoes Brewing, and this is their the exercising of Baxter, and that's not exercising like trying to remove a demonic spirit from a kid in a bed. Uh, it's the exercising, and the bottle art on this is a like a goblin or a demon arm throwing a frisbee to a dog. Uh, who am I? Who I'm guessing is Baxter. Um, but yeah, the exercising of Baxter. This is a American Imperial Stout aged in rum and port barrels. Mmm. Yeah. Uh, this was $17 for the bottle. I bought it based off of that clown shoes pedigree. That's not a dog joke. Just because I was like, oh, okay. Ah, pedigree. Thank you. Uh, clown shoes, they do solid beers as soon as they take they do great barrel aging as soon as they take one of their other beers then they're like oh we're gonna do this with it instead yes always uh this is their undead party crasher that's been aged in rum and uh port wine barrels and you definitely get that kind of like woodiness from the uh the barrels i'm not getting like a lot of rum sweetness on it it's kind of more that dry fruit port but this is fantastic i think i put this as like a four two five on uh untapped i think one of my favorite barrel aged beers from them was paul do you remember the bluegrass millionaire which was like oh a bar, yeah. 
barley wine aged in like thirty year old cognac barrels. Um, mm-hmm. That was ab- it was absolutely fantastic. Probably the best beer I've ever had from them. But even something that was like it was like nine ninety nine, and it was an imperial red ale aged in bourbon barrels, and it was like T Rex arm show or something like that. Oh, is that like yeah? That's the T Rex with like the. Yeah, he's like got a pith helmet on, and then he has like the uh, I don't know what they're the, called, but yeah, he's got those things. The little so, helpy grabbies, helpy, yeah, the helpy, the helpy grabbies, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but that's the thing. Like every single time I've had a clown shoes beer, I'm like, man, clown shoes. Like I need to pay more attention to them because everything's always been good. It's always been worth whatever I've paid for it. I've always enjoyed it. I've always gone through the episode or just at home drinking session been like, yes, I'm going to keep doing this. I will keep drinking because this is what I would like it to be. And I guess my big thing with bourbon barrel aged beers is like, I want that just like nice bourbon vanilla-ness off of it. I'm not getting it from this, but that little bit of port dryness makes me want to go back and like, keep taking another sip. But I'm like, no, 10.75%. I already drank a 92 or 9.5 Abita beer, which went down like water. I could kind of feel it now, so I can't do that with this, but... I just keep wanting to go back to it. This is a solid beer. I've I've crushed this trial by Wombat at 7%. I still have like a half of my Mickey Boodle, but I'm already... 4.5, and I was feeling that, and I don't know, guys. Well, did you eat dinner? A lot of times you don't eat dinner, and then you drink. (laughs) I did eat dinner. I I had two enchiladas and some corn and uh, some, uh, some, uh, what are they called, Takis. For dinner. Oh, Takis yeah, are good. A, I like Takis. <laughs> they are really good. But <laughs> and they go perfect with me, with uh, you know Southwest. But Paul, you don't have to worry about getting through too much more because we're about to head into our main topic, which is going to be some of our favorite series finales. Yes, some of our favorite endings to TV shows over the thirty plus years we've been watching TV. And what better way to end the podcast than? That's right. Final episode, everybody. Here it is. <laughs> How awful would that be? <laughs> We're not ending the show. Surprise. We'll still do it whenever we do it. <laughs> We're gonna. Ki- you, you thought you thought months ago that we weren't doing it. We're back. We're back. We're doing it again. Release schedule. Hit Wait, or miss. Are we, are we, still are we gonna on. renumber? Next episode number one. <laughs> oh, we should. And then, what and then a, all of a sudden, we'll be like, "No, we're really, we're really four fifty. We'll, we'll go like six episodes, and then like relaunch again, back to the original number." People, people that didn't listen to this episode would be very confused. I don't just like the Patreon. Nobody <laughs> would want that. <laughs> so let's just uh, keep the numbering the same. Keep going like we have been as always. Uh, you know, and talk about our main topic. Talk about our main topic. Yeah. Thank you, John. Who wants to start it off? Because I think this was this was originally on our episode notes. Like, it's a not. It was, episode. Yeah, it was going to be a not episode, and I I think this was a me and John thing. 
I'm not 100% yeah, we were though. Ta- I, we were talking about... Um, I forget what we were talking about. But we, we it's been on our notes for a while. But we're also talking that we need to do more episodes where we're not just doing the same three things. Uh, look back. But John, Marvel, it's so easy. It's <laughs> so easy. And we record so sporadically. Uh, or a trade and policy. Because we... Yeah. This is... Like, the fun stuff is coming up with show ideas. Uh, so... I'll, I'll start off. My number three is going to be uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, Breaking Bad was a show that came out in 2008 and ran till 2013. Uh, five seasons. And it was one of those shows that I didn't watch right away. Everybody was talking about it. And then like the first three seasons were on Netflix or Hulu or something. And I sat down and watched them through. And then it was one of those ones that it was, again, me just waiting for it to then pop up because I didn't have cable. I have Netflix and I have Hulu. So I was waiting for that next series to happen, next series to happen. And when that finale finally hit that last season, everything you could do to not focus on what people were saying or give anything about it. Uh, And then watching that last season, there's a little bit of a time jump between, like, episode... I think it's only like six episodes, so between five and six. But episode six of Breaking Bad, or the finale of Breaking Bad, is the story... Breaking Bad is a story of Walter White, a high school science teacher who's dumped on and who has kind of just a pathetic life, who then all of a sudden becomes an evil drug dealer who blows up people poisons people poisons little kids to Whoa. get to get his way in the end and this last episode is he fought his way and did all these things to get to this point he's lost it all and then he actually has a moment of human decency where he goes and he tries to save his protege this person who was along with this ride the whole time and it's a great finale for Walter White as a character, uh, for um, Jesse Pinkman. Like, it was, it's really, really fascinating. And some of it is, is it still his ego? Did he go and did he save him? Did he stop what was happening because somebody else was making the drugs as good as he was? It, it's a great, it's a great finale to a series. And like any series, there's, I think, like, season four, season, part of season three, like, they've some slog episodes, some storylines that weren't great. But overall, it was a great series. And to me, it was one of the better finales um, because it left it, it left it kind of hanging. And there is going to be a, I think, a, a spin off series. Better Call Saul. I've heard about this. I actually think Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Ooh. Bad. Um, but it's going to have a, a movie. I don't know if it's coming out in theaters or if it's going to be FX or Hulu or Netflix or one of those, but it, I'm interested to see where they go. Is it just going to follow Jesse Pinkman? Is it just going to is it going to pick up where the series left off? I'm interested to see what's going to happen with it, but a fantastic series. Uh, this is one of the shows that I didn't watch as it was airing, but 
pop culture centric things have convinced me that I'm wrong, so I feel like I need to watch it at some point. Yeah, I tried watching Weeds and that got too intense, so I knew I couldn't get into Breaking Bad. So, but it's I'm glad you enjoyed the last episode. Yeah, it's a I mean it's a it's a good finale. It's It's one that I knew was going to be on this list where I was going to place it. I wasn't sure. Mm. My number 3 also in, uh, involves time jumps or a time jump. That's uh, Parks and Rec. Okay, and I'm, I, I'm okay with this because that was on my ancillary list. So thank you. Yeah, I think. Well, I figured that there's there's a one that's going to show up on your list, and that's The Office. <laughs> and spoilers, spoilers. But uh, I was thinking between The Office, Parks and Rec, New Girl, and How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> out of those four, of that because those were sitcoms of that time, you know, coming out. You know, New Girl's a little bit newer. But, you know, uh, of those four, which one had, I felt, the most poignant, which I enjoyed the most out of those four uh, season finales. Um, And I could automatically just drop off the office, luckily for me, because Chris is on the show. Uh, (laughs) So I could easily then pick Parks and Rec. I love the time jump that they did for the last season where they go into, you know, this kind of crazy future, which is now like three years ago. Uh uh, where Grizzle has come in to town, which is basically like a Facebook, Google mashup, you know, tech company. And they're basically buying up the town. And it's up to Leslie Nope and the Parks Department to stand up against them. And, uh, you know, they do this one final thing. And now it's a team coming back together. The Parks and Rec team, the original crew coming back together to to finish off this project, you know, one last project. And uh, during the final episode, as Leslie Nope and Ben White meet with everybody, they kind of keep on doing these time jumps within this time jump. So you see the character like two years from now, three years from now, and then like five, ten years from now. So you actually get to see where where everybody ends up like throughout their lives, which I thought was great, you know, because that's that's always the lingering question. What happens to these characters after the show? And they kind of, you know, nicely do it with all the time jumps that happen in this episode. Um, I thought it really worked. Uh, I love the heart and uh, that everybody's kind of like just pulling for each other and rooting for each other. And, you know, we, we nobody gets by on their own uh, in, in this life. I really do believe that. And Parks and Rec is one of those, you know, uh, shows that kind of kind of exemplify that ideal that we're all in this together. So let's do the best we can together. So, and that's that's why it's my number three, uh, Paula. You just brought up two of my favorite things with Parks and Rec, but then also High School Musical with "We're All in This Together." Um, <laughs> oh, no, this geez. is this is a fantastic series finale because it does say that, like, okay, no, like we're not just ending the show, but we're going to show where everyone winds up being. And for everything that this character went through and how much everyone kind of suffered him, I do like the fact that Gary becomes mayor at the end of it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you first see him in the first season, he's like, hey, they can make fun of me. All I want, I'm like three yeah, years in like, retirement I'm, and I'm, I'm out. He's going into retirement. Uh, and Jerry 
Gary, Larry, like all throughout the series, mm-hmm. like he's such like the butt of the joke, but the fact that he's just been, he's not just the mayor, but like everyone's like, no, like keep him mayor. Uh, <laughs> he's the best mayor. He wins like four elections in a row. It is so fun. And seeing these characters at the tail end of their like careers, I guess, um, works so well. I mean, seeing Leslie is always just a, a blessing. I feel just, she's such a positive character. And then her and, um, Ben are just so good together. And there's a kind of that just, and we get a Pincus, <laughs> we get a Gregory Pincus, uh, you know, uh, reshowing, which is great. A throwaway character from one of the first, what is that? The second or third mm-hmm. season? Third season, because uh, what's the name's gone. Oh, even um, what's? Oh my gosh, it's been a little bit since I've seen it. Pachitis, sorry, it's Gregory Pachitis, um, not Pincus. What's his name? The councilman. Okay, Jam. Jam. Councilman yeah, Jam. he's like Jam. He's he's happy. Like he's doing what he wants to do. I, I think that's the perfect way to end a series, which will kind of lead into what my first pick will be for when I get to do my pick. Uh, and this definitely would be on... Um, it's it's my number four. Oh, and wow. it probably would have made my list if I hadn't remembered about number two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very excited about your number two now. You, you should be. Um, but it is one of those things... The thing that was great about this show is that in the end... Everyone did the right thing. They might have had a moment where they were being a jerk or selfish, Mm -hmm. but in the end they did the right thing. So you cared so much for these characters that you do want to see where they end, where that is going to take them. Are they going to be happy? And what's going to happen to them? You really do care, and they give you these things, and they're funny. I mean, Gary, Larry jerry being the mayor it's it's phenomenal and you would never expect it but then he's like oh he was the best he was the <laughs> best mayor and it, it's uh it just delivers absolutely with how great the show is caitlin and i are it's one of our like watching things like right now we're f- between what we watch we're flipping between um Parks and Rec, The Boys, and uh, Stranger Things. You know, like those are our shows that we're watching. And it's like, well, I don't feel like Stranger Things or I don't feel like The Boys. It's kind of heavy. Boom. Let's watch watch Parks and Rec because it's fun. It's relaxing. It's going home again. And when you can go home again and it's still home. Can I just say, uh, because you brought up Stranger Things... If there was not going to be a season four, but there is, and there wasn't that like bumper, you know that. Uh, so spoilers. Mm-hmm. The uh, Don't, no spoilers. Like, I have not finished it. <laughs> wow, not finished it. Oh crap. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Keep keep watching. All right. <laughs> I'm I, I'm, and, uh, just, I'm just taken back. I'm surprised. Chris. Yeah. What's your first um, pick? I I was on vacation last week. We couldn't like we couldn't watch mm. it. So oh, it's okay. Uh, I happen to be off from both my jobs on 4th of July and I had no plans. So 
I just watched all of Stranger Things and how far into this season are you? Or last season? We have like we have like maybe an episode and a half. Okay. It's this season's so good. Like I we might have stop mid episode. Like I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Like an episode starts and that there's nothing else in the world. There's there's a thing called a baby that is awake several times during the night that when eight thirty, nine o'clock rolls around and your wife's like, I'm ready for bed. And you're like, well, I was ready for bed a half hour ago. Yes, let's go to bed. Uh, whenever they wind up finally doing the end of Stranger Things, that, that episode will probably be on my list. Because even where this season ends off, it, it's so fantastic. Um, I love how they broke up all the groups throughout this season. Mm-hmm. But the one I was kind of most invested in was the uh, Steve, Dustin, Erica, and Robin group when they're in, infiltrating the the base this is the best part oh my gosh it's so good child endangerment <laughs> it's, it's so good like the whole season could have just been them and i would have completely been there for it um but yeah my my uh first entry will also be another mike sure show and this is going to be the office as was previously discussed mm-hmm. uh also again this episode has a one-year jump forward from where we quote-unquote ended the series before. Because um, this is the getting everyone from the Dunder Mifflin documentary back together again to see where their lives are now since the documentary had aired on PBS. And as much as I love just the terrible people, cynical TV of stuff like Seinfeld and um, always sunny in Philadelphia. My heart just lies in the stuff like The Office or The Good Place or Parks and Rec where it's like, no, people might be rough around the edges, but at their heart, everyone's good. And just seeing everyone come back in The Office finale, it was like such a great ending to a great show and series. This is one of the, uh, well, actually, all of my shows on this list, I, I watched as they were airing, so I can't say too much. But this one kind of like hit me the most, and The Office is probably the show I've watched the most over the years, because this is my comfort watching. This is what I put on and watch after I get home, just to have something on in the background. I go through it, it ends, I start it again. I love all these characters. Mm-hmm. I love how they've kind of grown. And I think a lot of that can just be shown with the relationship between Dwight and Jim, who at the beginning of the show, like they're rivals. They're just pranking each other. They're at each other's throats. But by the end of it, they're there for each other. They're friends. They do what they can to push each other forward. It's such a beautiful sentiment. I wish we had more TV like this. Someone take it away, please. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say it's actually the series finale of this show that made me actually want to go back and watch the rest of the television program. Uh, because, honestly, you watch that first season, and it it's, it's just that awkward human humor I, where it's just like, I can't watch I it. think a lot it's of that... Off-putting. A lot of that, I think, became drawn from 
the UK version of The Office with Ricky Gervais. I think a lot of that was like, it's so awkward it hurts. And you still get some of those moments throughout the years with Michael Scott um, as mm-hmm. the boss because the, he's... The dinner party. Oh, yeah, the dinner party. Uh, the Scott's... It's an episode I skipped. Scott's Tots episode. Like, oh, they're so awkward it hurts. too. But even in those moments, you're like, he's terrible, but he means well. So the heart's still kind of there. It's just painful. Um, but I, I'm glad this is kind of one of those episodes that, you know, you took note of because there's such heart to the show. And one of the things about this episode is uh, at the end when Creed, the quality assurance person for the office, is being escorted off in handcuffs by the police, he just says, like, you know, humans have this weird thing to make any place their home, and that's just their kind of innate nature, and that there's beauty in just the normal and the regular. And I think that's kind of at the heart of this show, where it's like, yeah, you're watching a fake sitcom documentary about all these people that are just going through their day-to-day lives, but you become so invested in those lives and those relationships between each other that you can kind of see it reflected in your own life where it's like, oh yeah, this is what I wake up, this is what I do every day. I'm not going to realize what it means until nine years down the road where it's like, oh, I still count this person as a compatriot or a friend or family. And that's that's what human life and nature is, and that's beautiful. In uh, in the Lord of the Rings, uh, the very first movie, uh, the opening, it's you know when he when Bilbo is writing the book and he's talking about the hobbits, you know hobbits and how they're kind of simple and everything. But I, I really love that line. It is no small feat to live a simple mm-hmm. life. Uh, you know, and I, I remind myself of that every once in a while when I'm just kind of feel like I'm just trudging through life. I'm like, yeah, but I got it good, you know? Yeah. I got, you know, I, I got a, you know, I, there's stuff around me. There's good stuff that I have accomplished. And it, it might not be, I'm, I don't have a mansion. I don't have a private jet. I don't get to go and travel as much as I would love and would want. But you know what? I got it good. Yeah. You got a home. You got a wife. You got a dog. You have best friends that are best like friends. brothers to you that do anything like y- you got it. When yeah. you have family and happiness, it it all uh, it all adds up. And Jim was feeling the same way when he decided that he was going to stay in Scranton and not chase the great dream of uh, going down to Austin. But then, but then Pam, se- Pam serious finale twist. <laughs> What a great season finale, series finale twist. No, and I, I think everyone in your life, you have something where you can say like, okay, I have this. I have this. I have this. Yeah, life's not so bad. <laughs> and that that's fantastic. And I think that's the beauty of, of my number one pick, which I feel like could have been like my final pick because in summation, like this, this is what life should be. <laughs> uh, but yeah. The Office. Such a great show. I can't wait to restart it. I know. Well, the thing is, 
Also, one of the reasons why I was having a hard time putting either Parks and Rec and The Office on my list is because they keep on saying that they might, you know, restart it. They might reboot it. There's the rumors. I don't think they need to be remade or redone. Both these shows. Uh, I will say one of my maybe picks, depending on what everyone else picks, ended, but then had a another oh, hey, we're doing more surprise kind of thing. Well, I guess you could say that about my number two pick as well. But well, and go, also number one pick. Go right into your number two, Paul. Well, that's going to be uh, Epilogue <laughs> from Justice League. Not Justice League Unlimited. Justice League. And this is uh, the animated series from uh, from uh, Cartoon Network, which has led us into a lot of great animated cartoon series from uh, the Cartoon Network uh, dealing with the DC comic book heroes. Um, I think Justice League was the first one that they did, and later on they did Justice League Unlimited, and then they did uh, they're the, they did the Green, like Green Lantern one, which I never watched, but the Teen Titans, and then Teen Titans Go, and Young Justice. Anyways, back to Epilogue from Justice League. It seemed like the series was going to be over. Bruce Tim was finally leaving. He was going to be done. And uh, and we were kind of getting a wrap-up, not only of Justice League, but this is actually, I, I feel, is the more of the wrap-up of Batman, the animated series, mm-hmm. and also Batman Beyond than any wrap-up that we got. Uh, Epilogue is very much along the same lines of like Parks and Rec and the officer's like, time jump! Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, time jump. Apparently, if you want to make a great series finale, you time jump that shit. Uh, but this, you know, I just went back and right before we record the episode and uh, pulled out my Blu-ray set of uh, Batman the Animated Series and popped in the last disc, popped in the very last episode, and it was garbage. It is not a good series finale. And that's how some of these cartoons, you know, these cartoons that we watched growing up, I, I don't remember how any of them end. Because they really don't have a good end. Yeah. But luckily, Justice League came around in the early aughts and gave us Epilogue, which basically gave us uh, Terry McGinnis, the Batman from Batman Beyond, going to visit Amanda Waller and talking to her because he has a deep down fear that maybe there isn't something quite right with his life and that she's the only one that could answer what and give him uh, the final closure what he's to ver- verify what he fears the most which is that he is actually just a clone of Bruce Wayne um, and we get this really good, heartfelt uh, story from a very old and grandmotherly Amanda Waller which is kind of just out of the blue Character, and, uh, character I love to hate. Oh yeah, definitely. But she's so, she's so great. Like in this episode where she's just like like a weird old grandma that's offering cookies and milk, and she's like, "It's a pity that I no longer have a set when the china breaks." Uh, but it, I just think it wraps up basically Batman the animated series and Batman Man Beyond better than those series uh, were able to wrap up. It's not a great wrap up for Justice League, but I don't didn't really care about that. I didn't care as much about that series as I do uh, Batman the Animated Series. And I feel like uh, if you want a series finale, 
for that show, you watch Justice League Epilogue. And it is one of those ones, like, it. it's more of a finale for uh, Batman Beyond, but, again, it's taking a DC character and telling a great story. And it's a great one to be their last episode, you know? Did they know that that was going to be their last episode? They might have thought they were going to get another season. If they did know, and this is what they chose to do, it makes it a great, a great finale. I was really looking up those old, uh, you know, X Men the animated series, but that last season was all done by a different uh, animation studio, much like Batman uh, the animated series, all done by a different animation studio. So you never really get the sense that they knew they were ending. And uh, like you were saying, John. So I, I feel like this is Batman the Animex series is just one of those series that I love and I want to talk about any chance I get on this uh, show. So I'm kind of shoehorning my Justice League epilogue <laughs> right here. Uh, it's really funny. It's like my number two is an animated series that I'm surprised didn't make your list. Hmm. Who knows? My number it, it could be my number one. Ooh. Ooh, you need to swipe that for your number two then. Ooh. <laughs> he could. Does it does it involve bending? It does. Does it does it involve four nations? It does. Ah, Chris, what's your number two? Um, ooh, my, number uh, one. my number two is actually going to be. Uh, guys, we're going to jump back to the year nineteen ninety seven. Ooh, time jump. Time jump. We love that. Makes a great finale. Uh, We're actually going to be watching the third episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because who would have thought, like, eight years later, you would have still been invested in the series to see it through to the end. Because that's exactly how I started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it was such a weird kind of niche show based off of a terrible movie that it's not that bad you no know, no it's bad it's not it's that bad, bad john uh but i never would have thought when i had originally watched the buffy the vampire slaver movie with chrissy swanson and luke perry that's like no this is going to be a tv show that you're going to watch let alone hey, Rutger like Hauer and paul rubens is the villain Oh, Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, like, floating outside of Buffy's windows, like, just bizarre. I love when he gets stabbed and he just won't die. Ooh, oh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I do not remember this movie at all, but okay. Don't go back and watch it, because it's not good. <laughs> when uh, was the last time you watched it? It's It's probably been, like, maybe four or five years. I imagine if you watch it, you'll have fun. Just remember, it's a comedy. <laughs> no, that only works for Street Fighter, and that's that, a ju- and that is that, not good. It's not. Uh, it's a good comedy. But, but that's a, makes it better. That's the thing with Buffy, though. Is like originally when I had seen that movie when it came out. If you had told me this would become a TV show, I would not have believed you. If you would have told me it became a TV show that I watched regularly, I would not have believed you. If you would have told me it would become one of your favorite TV shows of all time, 
I definitely would not have believed it. But he, oh, but here I we are that in, time you in 2019. And the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series finale with Chosen being one of my favorite endings ever. Because it gives the characters something that they really didn't have throughout the entire run of the show. Which was a happy ending. So many of the episodes ended with just a cliffhanger where it's like, oh, where are they going to go next? Or just kind of a, oh, things aren't terrible, but here's a looming threat. Those aren't good endings. They're great for watching, yes, but for the characters and story, no, terrible because, ooh, drama. Chosen, though, it just, it ends with everyone standing on the roadside, outside like a bus after Sunnydale's collapsed into a hole with Buffy smiling because they finally did it. They beat the first evil. They defeated the forces of the Hellmouth that's been the looming threat over the last eight years of their show. She has that moment to say, like, we've done this. It involved her, her best friends, activating an army of potential slayers, former slayers, previous slayers, slayers that will wind up dying. It's such a great greatest hits, I guess, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer drawing from the previous seasons. It's Joss Whedon at his most Joss Whedon-esque with bringing in people that he knows and loves working with. Uh, see Nathan Fillion appearing as crazy uh, chaplain uh, oh my gosh what was his name um, Mel no Kane it was something oh my gosh I'm, bl- I'm blanking out it, it was Kane or Abel it was something like that Cable I don't know no um, hmm. <laughs> but it was Nathan Fillion appearing because you know he's a Joss Whedon friend just be in front of the show, I guess. Uh, I love this show, and I love how they decided, no, this is where we're going to end it. And then, like, ten years later, I was like, okay, but maybe it's not ended. And then they go forward with... Caleb. Caleb, yes. Thank you. Um, I googled that shit bi- for you. biblical name. I was talking. I appreciate that. Um, I like how the story can then still continue because even in the constraints of the show giles mentions that's like oh well there's another hellmouth in cleveland like it's they beat this evil but it's still an ever-present threat um this was probably the first tv show that i became invested and involved in like this was my appointment watching where on the WB every Monday night, I had to watch this show. Oh, it jumped over to UPN. Okay, I am watching the show. Oh, it's done, but they're coming out with a monthly comic book from Dark Horse. I am buying it. This is kind of what made me a fan of being a fan of stuff. I guess this would be my first fandom. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer is always going to have that kind of soft spot in my heart. I do have to say, when I first met you, you had a purple and gold tie-dyed shirt with C-3PO <laughs> and R2-D2 on it. 
So, just want to say, I saw you in that shirt and went, well, that guy's a nerd. Yeah. I'm not going to be very, friends with very him. Very true. Very and true. And then uh, best friends for over 20 years. So Yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, this, I mean, this would probably be in my top 10. I enjoyed Buffy. I kind of dropped out when I went to UPN. And then going back, rewatching it, um, fell back in love with the series. Um, I probably would put the Angel higher than the Buffy one, um, just in my, just in my book, because no, I kind of I kind of like that it ends with like, is that a dragon? Yep. Like, okay, so let's, let's go to war. So that was also kind of on my my list, but I'm a bigger Buffy fan than Angel fan. I do. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk about this. I do like the fact that Angel <laughs> ends with them like running headlong towards the final threat, and you don't know how it ends. And then eventually, when Joss Whedon and Brian Lynch did the Angel season five series of comic books, it <laughs> turns out they're like, "Oh no, they lost!" Like, L.A. fell, the rest of the Earth fell to hell because they weren't able to do it. Now they have to fight against the forces of the devil. Like, I really appreciated that. Um, I I just really appreciate the fact that Buffy had that happy ending for the character for however long they decided to dwell upon it. Yeah. I I enjoy both series. Uh, they'd both be possibly in my top, my top ten, my top eight. Mm. Mm. Um, but obviously, we've already mentioned, my number two is Paul's number one. And this is a two-parter. <laughs> I, I didn't think you I didn't think this was on your list, Paul. I thought I was going to scoop you. No, well, you are scooping me with it going number two instead of number one. Man, this is the best. At least you can, How is it not your number at one? At least you can still talk about it, Paul, and then you can pick something yeah. else to be your number one. Uh, no, there's nothing else that comes close to this being my number one. And this is Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, and um, I have the episode title names up. I can't get it but this is the sozin comet coming down and the fire lord who i just realized is voiced by uh oh it's mark, mark hamill. hamill yeah i i, I probably ozai yeah i probably knew that i it's been probably five years since i've watched this i've tried to go back and watch it but i it's not up anywhere for me to watch it and i've thought about a couple times buying it um, well, paul has the dvds he'll let you borrow them yeah. I do have the DVDs. I should, I should I should let you let me borrow them. <laughs> you, you should let me let you borrow them. <laughs> uh, but a two part series finale for probably they're also at Target on Blu-ray for twenty five dollars, and I'm like, ooh, that's not bad. Should I, ooh, that's not bad. I, at all. That's should worth I buy it. the Blu-rays? Is that each I, or for all of them? No, no, for this complete series. Oh, pfft, there's nothing. I'm gonna tell my wife. Uh, a... I'm gonna tell <laughs> my wife to order that with her Target card. Wait a second, Amazon. Uh, let's double check because we are an Amazon affiliate. <laughs> oh, can we go on there? Let's see. Uh, Last Airbender Blu-ray. Uh, complete series. Yeah, twenty uh, twenty-five seventy-three. That's not bad uh, for for the complete series on Blu-ray from Amazon, guys. If you go to bagnaboardcast.com or what is it, Amazon.com/slash/bagnaboard. Uh, you, you can uh, you can help out the show. 
Chris, put that, and, uh, put that link up in the show notes for people I to go won't there remember to do that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to just, but go ahead and talk about it. Nope, uh, uh, it's not bagged and bored. Maybe it's bagged and bored. This series, obviously, I think. Nope. My, I think we lost our affiliate. Uh, we probably did. <laughs> my wife stopped using it, and she was the only one that did. Uh, this is one of those things that I mean, it's three seasons, three books, where everything is leading up to this moment, and it culminates on these characters coming together to to fight this big bad. And everything they've learned in every episode leading up to this. Like, it really is a great culmination of the entire series. And this is the the chosen one, Aang, who has the ability to learn and use all four of the elemental powers, uh, coming up against um, the leader of the Fire Nation. And his son working with Aang to defeat him who Aang has brought over to the good side to, to, to be a hero. And it's one of those great series where you can, it can, it just, it, it bookends perfectly for the, the, the series. And it's something that we've talked about and we've gone back and read comic books that follow up things that happened after. Uh, we've been fans of the, new um, the new Avatar series. Um, Chris, I think I actually watched more of that than you did. You I did, think I finished this. I was actually just talking to someone like two days ago about uh, Korra and I really want to finish it. Yeah, and it's, it. I think it finishes it finishes in a, a very good way and it's again it, it, it has that first season feels like it's just all fun. And then that second season, it really gives you the depth of what this world is and the stakes that are happening. And I think it just is a, it's watching it, watching it as a 20 year old who, what, you know, maybe our our third or fourth year in Paul made us watch it, if not yeah. earlier than that. Uh, I think he tried to make us watch it earlier, but it took us to, it, like, the second year to actually get into the show. And it was one of those things where, you know, I, I think we were forced to watch, like, the first season. And I'm watching this cartoon, and at that time, I had just moved back with my mother, and my mom's like, ugh, what are you, watching a cartoon? Ugh. And... I would go to watch like the next episode and the disc, the disc has changed. And my mom had watched through the entire series. And then <laughs> when I go to watch it, she's like, Oh, you watching, you watching the, the airbender show. Okay. And she'd come back and sit and watch it with me. Like it's one of those things that you sit down and you watch. And if you can get past like, Oh, it's a cartoon. It's a great series. And the finale just leads up to that thing being a, a great sh- a great show, a great series. Yeah, and the culmination of uh, both Ang and uh, um, Zuko, Zuko, yeah. Zuko together. Ruf- the very end. Rufio, yeah. Rufi- uh, oh, voice acted by. Uh, yeah, the culmination of them coming together as friends and no longer rivals, and getting to see that great and 
Zuko having mm-hmm. the great turn during season three. Uh, started in season two, but you know, fully coming into his own during that fight versus his sister. Yeah. Um, where he's like, no, I can take her. She's a little off. There's something wrong. <laughs> that's that's probably one of my favorite TV moments of all time. Is uh, Uncle Iroh being like, no, she's crazy. <laughs> she needs to be taken down. <laughs> and because. <laughs> Like this is so. Yeah. This is so like kids' TV fantasy, where it's like, no, you're seeing uh, Hang's rise to Avatar, where he's finally facing that threat. But then to see the protagonist with Zuko have his own arc, and I, I oh, think yeah. that's what really strengthens this show, not just finale. Like, I think Zuko's arc is so much more fantastic. And you might not even realize it until they do that um, the Island Players episode, mm-hmm. where you get to see like like the how awful of a character he was at the beginning. Yeah, we're like, honor. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's seeing just the path that he's taken on his own, but then just how he he didn't even matter to his own father Ozai, who had been mm-hmm. at the same time just like backing his his sister Azula to see the Zuko Azula fight there were stakes in that like I cared about mm-hmm. that fight between protagonists and then secondary protagonists and then the main battle between Ozai and Aang I was like oh yeah like I, I know that's I know drag out knuckle brawl yeah, I, I know where that's going though Mm-hmm. To see the Zuko stuff, I was like, "All right, like I care," and you don't really expect that so much from a like "quote unquote" kids' cartoon. But it, you get- in, a, in a sense, you should because you had the um, what's the brother's name? Soka, Saka, yeah, Saka, yeah. That Saka, like he has that moment where he falls in love with the princess, who then becomes like a weird moonfish. She's and, the moon. Like, and, and and he has to let her go, and he's the comedy backbone. Where then he has this. Oh, but then he gets the meteor sword. You're like, okay, he's badass. <laughs> but he, you know, moon sword. <laughs> but that's in the very last episode too, <laughs> when he loses the moon sword. But he's the com- You know, he's the the butt of most jokes. He's the the punchline. He's you know the, the character that's always the wacky to not the tie wacky, it back to my pick, but. To go back to Buffy, he's kind of the Xander, where he's the normal person of the group. Like, he doesn't have abilities. Like, he's not a bender. He's just going in like, no, like, this is what's right. I'm going to fight for it. Like, he he needs that identity. I loved it during the Ahsoka. Or, yeah. Ahsoka. Uh, Azula. Azula uh, Zuko fight, where we get to see... Zuko finally being able to bend lightning. Yeah. Like, take it in and, like, shoot it out. And basically, at that moment, he is his uncle's nephew. Like, because he's been fighting against it the whole series. That, And then he, he, you know, he steps up and he is really the son of Iroh at that point. Yeah. You know, he, he he's denounced his father. He's going up against his father. And at that moment, he is, he's become uncle, you know, his son of his, un- his uncle. 
Oh, and his the... uncle's storyline is so oh, like so, oh, good. so good. It's sad and heart. There's an episode where where it's the uh, like three days in Bossing Say. Bossing Say. Yeah, that's and a good. Uh, it, the whole series oh, is good. Soldier Boy. Oh. Not Soja Boy, but little. Oh. It's that'll break your It's heart. so good. It is. It's great. I. I I need to own the series and rewatch it's, it. And it's my number one. And I, there's no need for me to buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah, don't, but I want to buy it on Blu-ray. Right? You have the disc, and didn't you buy like most of it on? I had Apple because I loved it so much, and I didn't want to wait for it. And I didn't have cable at the time. I'm like fourteen ninety nine for the complete third season, and I get to watch it as it comes out. All right, iTunes, you got my money. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Apple got my money. And I was watching it as it came out on uh, iTunes. It's a great thing, too, is, like, Paul, like, stayed home from school and watched a marathon. And that's how he fell in love with it. And then when he came in, there was a guy that he was like, hey, do you have your notes? He's like, no, I stayed home and watched Airbender. He's like, I'm going to die. No, that was was Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I knew it was something like that. Close. Uh, Chris, you were supposed to start the number ones. Oh, God. And uh, Paul kind of scooped you because he piggybacked. No, that's okay, because he's allowed to, because we talked about that before the show. Um, But can I just say, Avatar is such a great series. Mm -hmm. I'm just sad I haven't finished um, Korra yet, because when I left off on Korra, it was like at the end of the, the first season, where it was leading more into what the... Fallout was Book of Spirits. Yeah, it was gonna be like the fallout from us like, oh, we're just using the elements to like pro bending. Like this is this is just what it is, but then mm-hmm. Oh man, season two I, is I a did, fucking roller coaster. I didn't see any of it, so I have to. Dude, when they open up the spirit world and then like ghosts are living with people and it's crazy. Whew, you've missed out. I did. And but again, we'll catch it, up. it's on my list of things. You can to also do. get that uh, target. The complete series on Blu-ray for like nineteen ninety nine. Oh, that's even cheaper than uh, Last Airbender. Um, yeah, guys, we should be sponsored by Target. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm I'm clipping back and forth between the two. Uh, my number one, even though I should, probably should pick The Office as my number one, um, I'm going with Gravity Falls, a Disney XD cartoon show about two twins that get shuffled off to their great uncle for the summer. Um, it became so much more than just a weird Disney cartoon. This only lasted for two seasons, but it's fantastic. It was originally sold as the uh, X-Files or um, oh my god, what's the name of it? Uh, Twin Peaks for kids. But that's exactly what it is. Uh, two twins, Mabel and Dipper Pines, go to live with their great uncle for the summer at his mystery shack, a tourist trap in the Pacific Northwest, where he just has handmade, home-manufactured oddities that he charges gullible tourists to look at. In the background, no, shit's really crazy in Gravity Falls. Dipper finds out about this. Him and Mabel go investigate it. They find this weird series of journals that's directing them through this uh, weird world. 
leads to a battle against an extra-dimensional threat, Bill Cipher. Uh, finale of the show, it's three episodes called Weird Mageddon. The final episode's 45 minutes long, gets broken into two when they actually air it in syndication. This show's fantastic. I've talked about it previously on the show, be it briefly. It has everything you want from just like a weekly cartoon show where it's like, oh, good character moments, fun story. But every little thing in this show builds to the finale. Everything has meaning. Um, Alex Hirsch, the creator of the show, was asked, like, oh, why were you guys canceled after two years? And he said, like, no, like, this this was the plan. Like, I decided to end it at the end of the second season because this is how I wanted the story to go. Everything has meaning in this show. Weird, random, what you could consider side episodes come back to have some sort of play. Yeah, Patton Oswalt playing a gnome at a mini-golf course? No, that's a thing that matters in the three-part finale. I I love this show. I don't think anyone else has watched it, even though I've told you guys to. I don't know where I would watch it. Uh, it, I think it's on... Hulu? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, you'll be getting hey. that. We talked about it. Um, it uh, um, sidebar, I, I I can give you my Disney info so you can <laughs> log in and watch it. Because it, it's really uh, good. Yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll get around to it, is what I can promise. If you like the current incarnation of DuckTales... I, I love it. You, I'm you all caught up on this. it. Because this doesn't play in that kind of like nostalgia. Um, as great as DuckTales has been, this is, it's so new, it's so fresh. This is a show from basically like who we are. Like that pop culture nerd that grew up with that fandom. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex Hirsch, he's no, he knows what he's doing. And he was contracted through Netflix, like he's supposed to be working on something with them. Hasn't come out yet. They haven't said anything about it, but I will be watching that. It's something that will be on my list when it comes out. Uh, and I'm going to talk about my last beer because I went and opened another beer. And this oh, is from Resurgence Brewing Vance. Company. This is batch number 19 uh, from their research and development. I'm driving and voice to text is stupid, but like, it is stupid. Yeah, she says it's stupid. Uh, I, I got a text message from someone, but it was a te- it was a voice message. Uh, I wasn't this is a double. It's time jump, double dry time hop, jumped. New England IPA with uh, Armarillo and Citra, I believe. Um, this was canned um, before the Fourth of July. Uh, I went to the brewery just recently for a tour and talked to them about all the new things they're doing, and they gave me a four-pack for free. And this is... It was a little rough following Trial by Wombat, with Trial by Wombat being exceptional. Um, But now that I'm three-quarters of the way through it, my palate is accustomed to it, and it's good. It's a lot more of a 
oaty at this point of an oat kind of New England IPA. The juiciness has dropped off. Um, and that oatiness is was a little hard to take in at first, but now that I've become accustomed to it, I, I've been drinking it and uh, enjoying it. Obviously, this beer would have been good a month ago, um, probably a lot better three weeks ago. But uh, where I have it now, and the fact that I got it for free, I don't mind, and it's um, pretty tasty. I like oatiness in my well, beers. Well, most New England IPAs are uh, kind of a oat-forward, wheat-forward uh, IPA. That's what helps make them so hazy. Haze. Haze. Uh, but my number one show is a show that I started watching uh, in the in the first season. And it was a show that uh, my girlfriend at the time and I would get together with her cousin and we'd watch the finales, we'd watch the endings, and then we would, Chris and I would meet week to week to watch. And that is Lost. Uh, I know... Mm, that, that was one of my maybes for the... For the uh, so it's one you. of those shows that... It's the quote-unquote water cooler show. I never... This is the only show that's ever really been that for me. Most of the stuff I've binged and watched and talked to people later on. But this is the show that Chris and I would get together every week, sit down and watch. And we had rules for the show. You don't talk during the show. Until you don't commercial, talk during the you show. You don't do this. You don't do that. We had all these rules that started when I, I was living with Lisa and Chris would come over, and then when I broke up with Lisa, I'd go to Chris's house, and we had the you know the rules, and people would come over. Remember when Ed was there, and we just shot him death oh. stares the whole time because he was talking the whole time through it. Uh, there were do you do you remember the time that we went to my friend Keith's yeah. house to watch it? Yeah, we <laughs> that was like almost a stopping point for uh, mine and Keith's friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, but I was not allowed I, I over to my watch. Well, you still haven't watched Lost. <laughs> I watched. I watched the last episode with Ed. Oh, oh. Well, first way Ed. to watch it. I had to take Ed aside. The best like, way to watch it during the show. You need to shut the fuck up. This is important to me and Chris. <coughs> yeah, we have a ritual every week, and <clears throat> no, like. And again, like that was appointment watching. Like that was you can't. I'm gonna you're keep okay. talking. Watch your okay. dying. This will this will be your legacy, John. I will see you through. Um, <clears throat> this it's going back to the island because it's just where. Well, see, that was the thing. Like I just started watching the show within the second season because I heard. And I'm pretty sure I let you it. borrow the first season and to watch. It, <clears throat> Yeah, you, you did, and then I went back and bought like the first three seasons on DVD to like, like <clears throat> catch up while I was watching it as it aired. Um, this was such a great show. Every single episode ended in that cliffhanger that made you want to know not just what was coming next, but what happened previously that led up to this moment. 
Um, and that was like just so fresh in a TV show. It was definitely different. And I think the end of this season gets such a bad rap mm-hmm. because people had a preconceived notion of what it was going to be. Yeah. It's the same thing with how people backlash against uh, <clears throat> the latest Star Wars movie yep. because yeah. they wanted Snoke to be this. They wanted Ray to be this. They wanted all these things, and they'd been building up for two years. And when it wasn't any of that, it was the worst mad. thing ever. And I think a lot of people had that with Lost. And with Lost, I had realized early on that <clears throat> any fan theory, anything they could have, is not going to be what's going on. Because you can't guess what is happening. The uh, the supernatural, the time, all that stuff is, it is what it is. And <clears throat> when everything came to an end, and with the fact that it was... You you had this alternate world where they were, and that was the that was them waiting for the moment for all of them to be ready to pass on together. Like that was something big, and there were so many great moments in that. And then the fact that the show ends with Jack's eyes, just like the show yeah. started with. Like there's so many great moments with that, and <clears throat> I think half of it is the fact that Chris and I had this this ritual with the show that I've never had with anything else. Um, I think it, I think it just made it more important to me and it will always be like that greatest show on TV. And I still think it is one of those great shows. And it's one of those things that every couple years I go back and I'll start to rewatch and then I'll kind of jump through those series because I don't have all the time in the world. I don't have the time to really just sit down and, and watch an hour long drama, but I will go back and rewatch those episodes that I really, really loved of the series. Yeah. I might not agree with everything that happened in that last season because some of my favorite characters kind of got the short end of the stick with like Locke and Saeed. The end of it though, it's so divisive, but I was happy with it because much like Buffy, I guess, like you got the happy ending for those characters that had been through so much together because yet yeah, it was their own kind of afterlife. But so much of the supposition and pondering about that show is like, oh, they're they've been dead all along. Well, no, that's that wasn't the case. Like, that's what we got in that last episode. Like, what you saw happen, mm-hmm. actually, that all happened. Like, between the flashbacks and flash-forwards. Like, you got the story as it was happening, but that last episode was like, no, like, this is this is how they're ending it. It's not necessarily true the whole way through. And, John, you hit everything... Sorry, every single thing that I thought people had against Last Jedi because we had, what, five years of fan guesstimations leading up to this episode. That Even longer than that. No, no matter what you're going to get, there were so many questions that they posed and so much stuff that was kind of left hanging that there's no way that I could answer all of that and still have a cohesive story. And on one of the episodes of The Good Place, the podcast, 
because good place awesome show whenever we wind up doing the next episode of hey our favorite series finales that's probably going to be one of my spoilers um michael sure was talking about how he had actually talked to damon lindelof about like hey like what do you do in a story because mike sure wants to have a comedy show where it's like oh no it's always a cliffhanger they had no idea how they wanted to end Lost because they didn't know how long it was going to last for until ABC had said, like, no, we got you guys signed through this amount of time. So now you have three years to fill out the space for. So they were just kind of like, okay, well, hey, J.J. Abrams, come in here. How are we going to fill the space? So there was so much treading water kind of in like the middle years where they had to put stuff in that kind of made you be like, okay, well I care. Where's this going to come from? That once you got to the end, that you don't get all those answers, but I guess kind of the threads that I cared about, I did get some kind of resolution on and I, I like the show. The, the threads are those characters and like, yes, it's like, Oh, the, the, Ochi, the Ochinawa Foundation, which was supposed to be blah blah blah, that got that storyline got dropped, and the Dharma Initiative and who funded that and all that stuff. Like, okay, <clears throat> we know the Dharma Initiative was there. Do we know need to know the backstory of it? Do we need to know what this was? Do we need to know how the others got there or what all that stuff? Like some of that stuff you didn't need to know, but that's. Uh, I can understand why that upset some people because they didn't get that answer. But same time, like I only really cared about those characters and like, yeah, those other questions were interesting, but there were so many other questions that were posed during the lead up to that. end that again, I was interested because right from the get go, like, okay, Richard was just there. Then you start to get his backstory. You become interested. Is is this dude immortal? What? You you care about that character? Like you kind of had to pick and choose what mattered to you. And I guess I just kind of got lucky with those threads. And I think it happened a lot with it was you and I not speculating, but you and I talking about. Mm-hmm the characters or what just happened. Cause that was the thing is like between commercial breaks, we would talk. Oh, you don't talk the during sh- the show, John. No, no, Paul. No, you do not Paul. talk during the show. You don't Rule talk during one. the show. You don't talk, but commercial breaks. Hey, that's where we talk. As soon as the show starts again, zip it. But after the show, we would talk about what happened in the show, not what we speculated what was going to happen. And I think that was one of those things that helped us as we weren't constantly speculating, oh, this has got to happen. This is going to happen. It was more us talking about what had happened mm-hmm. and what that meant to the previous episode made it through and enjoyed the entire series is because we weren't just going, they're all dead. They're all this. This is what it is. Because we were living through that show. We just were saying, okay, this is happening. Let's talk about what just happened. And I think that's kind of what let me 
enjoy the more recent Star Wars movies too because so many people were put off by The Last Jedi. Circling back, I think it's because you go in with so much preconceived notion or supposition or what you want that story to be, where if it doesn't hit those notes, it's no, oh, no, well, this like, is dumb. I'm out. <clears throat> I I went into Last Jedi like I, I had my own theories, but what happens, happens, and that's what the stories is. Like, even going back, again, last episode with the look back where, oh, I always had this view of Finn being a stormtrooper who had his awakening in you know, Force Awakens. Like, that's when he became a character. Oh, no, like, he he's always been that goofball. That doesn't ruin my view of Force Awakens or Last Jedi or whatever we get coming forward. Like, I maybe we're just too... And I, I feel like we've gotten go that with the way flow? with the fact that we've been there through all these movies where all the comic book movies where they've, 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 we've had moments where they've broken us where it's just like, I'm just more accepting of what I get is what I get. You know, I know the moment where I totally was broken was Constantine. Constantine just destroyed me because I was such a fan of that movie. And then it really, (laughs) it really bent me over and fucked me up the ass. And, uh, you know, I, from there on, I just was like a more accepting of those things and of fandom. And you can speculate all you want, but the fact that what you think should happen doesn't happen shouldn't ruin the franchise or ruin the picture for you. You should just accept what these people did to try to make that movie. Whether it's good or bad. I, I just watched recently watched yeah. New Hellboy, and it just start to finish was not good. I fell asleep and slept through the end of it and nothing in me said, well, I should go back and finish watching it. I just was like, "Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Paul. (laughs) Yeah. I felt the same way about you should watch lost. Okay. Brian cave on brought on like, season four or season five as like story director or producer or editor. I don't know what it was. You love Brian K. Vaughn comics. Yeah. It, but I don't need to watch lost. I try. It has what I you just would don't care. It has what I've seen. The f- it has what you would love from a Brian K. Vaughn comic book, but in TV form. Yeah, but I saw the series finale and I just don't care. I, I, I Okay, they all. It just. I it know has, it say, has well, what you would want from like. The destination isn't part of. That would be like the me watching the Seinfeld finale. Also, could have been one of my picks. Uh, Seinfeld, on its own as a yeah, finale, with, yeah, it, it is what it is, but it. It's a clip it's show. It's a clip show. It's based off of you watching and knowing those characters throughout the years to see the end of it. And be like, oh yeah, like the grace it's like that resolution and to see those characters come out of it not learning anything. And going to prison and still being the same people. Yeah. I I I in I love Seinfeld. It would probably be my number 
my number five out of this. That that could that was on my my short list. Because it also is one of those things it where it was divisive, though. Like people did did not oh, like people that hated it. But the fact it was one of those things that was the first like series finale that I was like I got to sit down and watch this, and it was to me it was the show like the thing that I thought was silly about it was the whole like they were talking about about the um, do like not do no harm but the thing where if you see a crime and you don't help you're held accountable for and then they brought all those characters back throughout all of it to show how awful these characters are and the fact that they would be the people that made fun of someone who they witnessed being robbed in front of them and then the the greatest thing of all is the show ends with the same conversation that the show began with. Oh, the button. With you button, the button, the top button. You know? And I think that's some of those things that are, that are great about it. And I had never seen that first episode, but I still felt like that held true to that series. But again, people made so much of that show that they expected so much more. Same thing with Sopranos. People hated the ending of Sopranos. I've, I've never uh, watched Sopranos, but I I know how it ends because that was such a like, pop culture zeitgeist. Where it's like, oh, Sopranos is ending. Uh, and I like I do I I honestly do have to say the last season of Game of Thrones has some great moments, but also has some really bad moments in it doesn't it doesn't end well and honestly i feel half of it is because they said we're doing it in six episodes and then they crammed everything into six episodes i honestly feel like they should have written a finale and then said well this is seven episodes this is eight episodes and then made that because there's like there's time jumps that all of a sudden you're like well, this is obviously in the future because his beard's longer. Like it's the final also episode. A bad time, time, bad time jumps. Bad time jumps because you don't and even. No, we could have those. You don't even real like it's like. You honestly have to go. I think this is in the future because his beard's longer than it just was in a scene before it. Like it's just not a. It's it's not a good episode. It's not a good episode. It's not a good finale. It has some nice elements to it. But mm-hmm. overall, it's a bummer that is convoluted. It's a it's a convoluted bummer. And that doesn't that's not a good end. <laughs> it's not a good ending to a show. Yeah, you want to have a good ending. You jump a year at least forward and show us how everything's okay. Uh, so I did want to ask you guys uh, because there's things like Firefly. That oh, got I, I thought about putting Firefly on for Serenity. Well, fi- fi- uh, is no, there but any- Firefly, like oh. Objects in Space, is such a great episode that if that had been like a series finale, it would have it would have worked because you get like those character moments. It stands on its own, but it. It never even aired. Right. Sorry. But no, what, no. What, what so was, I, oh, go ahead. 
Pokemon? No, I was going to say, what was the question you were going to pose? Oh, I was going to say, wh- what's the series that, if, if I'm putting you guys on the spot, what's the series that you would have liked to see in actual, you know, series with the series finale or an ending movie, kind of like Firefly and Serenity? Carnival. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I watched that. I I did not feel the need to watch anymore. Oh, okay. I loved Carnival. Okay, the fact that Carnival like just ended because HBO was like, oh, it's too expensive. We can't do this anymore. And then where they've gone with their original programming, I wish they would go back to it just so we could see more of it. The, he had a five-year plan. I wish that guy would have put out a novel. I would read it. If he put out a comic book series, I would read it. Like If he put out a continuation of, of, of that story... I would have done it because it's probably it's it's up there as one of my favorite TV series. I can go back and watch Carnival anytime. I love the characters. I love everything about it. It's such an interesting, different story. Um, I, I do have another pick though, Paul. If you want to go, uh, I was going to say Reaper, the short-lived oh, only, oh. one season only from C- no, on I the think, CW. I think that was two seasons. It got two seasons. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty it got sure. two seasons. Oh. And oh, uh, the. Where the season left off was we were going to see Angels finally. Because, you know, the whole thing was about this uh, kind of deadbeat kid that was led to be a deadbeat because his dad sold his soul to the devil yeah. in order to be able to have him. So his, his soul was already, you know, on his 18th or what, 21st birthday. Yeah. 21st birthday, probably. Uh, his soul was going to belong to the devil. So his parents let him be a slacker, basically, uh, you know. His whole life. Well, because they, they didn't uh, even think they were going to have a kid. Because, like... And then they didn't have two. Because <laughs> the guy has a little brother. And uh, so it's basically him having to collect the demons that have escaped from hell, uh, work for the devil. And, of course, he's looking for a way out of it. And the series finale, or the season kind of ends with uh, the second season or first season. I'm, I'm forgetting so, which. It would be the second season. Uh, with him, like, basically going up to the, against the devil in a uh, game of quarters and, of course, losing. But it's okay because his girlfriend, Andy, yep. uh, uh, basically sold her soul to the devil in order to try to save him uh, from this back uh, that he she didn't believe he could win against the devil. And, and we were supposed to... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and Ray Wise as the... Devil is one of the most charming so people cool. in the world. Oh, so good. Uh, the whole thing is, uh, the third season, I went online and I kind of read about what they were going to do. They were going to bring in angels, because the whole, the last scene in that season was, uh, like, angels from heaven, like, circling around. And Andy was going to start working at the DMV. <laughs> and, like, she wasn't going to hate it, but, she, you know, she wasn't going to be very happy about it. And the whole thing about whether or not, you know, a fight that was definitely going to be brewing between heaven and hell from then on. Uh, because you have Michael Ian Black in there as as well. Wasn't he a, like an angel? Yeah. Uh, he His character is called Steve. I don't no, remember Steve what he was. Steve was an angel. But also, yeah. 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 Army, Army Hammer was in that 
is two as, as a character. Jeez. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to see where they would go, and I wanted to see a, an actual real series finale for that show, I, because it ends on a cliffhanger. I forgot about that show, and the big thing about it was like the premiere, I think, had been directed by Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. which is what put that on my uh, on my map, because to I was like, list. okay, like, I'm a Kevin Smith nerd, I will watch the show, and I just genuinely liked the characters in the story. And I think a lot of that is because it reminded me of what I would have as my pick for what you would want to see go on to have the series finale. Actual series uh, finale. With Dead Like Me from HBO. But they had a movie. Okay, they they had had the movie because they never actually got the series finale. Because the series ended after the second season with um, a serial killer going around like their town killing people and then all the reapers that you see collecting those souls but it also ends with the um, the reaper that you're following, George meeting her sister and then her sister realizing that oh no, George is yeah, dead but she's still around I think that was so interesting because then the movie came out like four years later. It was, it it was like such an amount of time that had passed that the people that had been involved in the show, half of them have aged so much that when you see them, they're like, oh yeah, okay, this isn't the same. Or they just weren't involved in it. So they had been like recast with, um, I'm like, I can't remember the actress's name, but she played Daisy. Uh, it was someone completely different. Yeah. Well, not only that, it had uh, it. It just it it, it didn't have it. it. So it was so clunky. It the characters, even like the the exciting thing was having um, uh, Henry Ian Cusack, who was uh, from Lost, yep. as like the the yeah, one well, character. He was, in it. he like, was the new Rube, who was. Um, Oh my god, who played Inigo Montoya? Oh, jeez, I can't think of it. Yeah, because he had been on the show. He was like the Charlie to their angels. <laughs> their Reapers get it. Um, Mandy, Mandy Patinkin, like, he had been in the role, and then he didn't come back for the movie. But yeah, Henry, <laughs> he and Cusack was like, oh no, he's gone now. And it's like, but so much of the show had just been him, like, not caring. Like, no, like, you're dead. Like, what happened before doesn't matter. But then him he, following the threads that like led him to his daughter that survived him. Oh, that should have been my number one pick. But it doesn't have a good finale. It doesn't have a good finale. Like, that finale episode's good as, if it would have led into like a season three. But to pick it up years later as a movie and then you're like, oh no, like it's Henry Cusack, he's like businessman angel like reaper yeah and there's like oh is he really good is he really bad is he really helping us blah blah blah. like it just it wasn't a good end it's like so weird that show got brought to me by my mom who was buying the dvds because she heard it was good (laughs) and we watched i was like fuck yeah this show's really good 
Yeah, and I think then you let me borrow the DVDs. Oh, yeah, that that would be my. It like, was a good series. I keep thinking about going back and rewatching it. I would rewatch that tomorrow if it was on something like Hulu or Netflix where I could. But that was I think was it that is. HBO. No, that was HBO or Stars or Showtime. It was Show, Showtime. I it was think. one of those cable networks where you would probably have to have their thing. Maybe it's. I think it's on Amazon. I don't know. It's on Amazon Prime, I think. Is I don't it know. Somewhere? Is it available on Blu-ray at Target? <laughs> I don't know, Paul. Check it out. Google, <laughs> Google it. Google it. Google it. Why are you Googling it? Hey, like we like TV. Maybe you guys like TV. If you have a favorite series finale that we maybe missed, hey, maybe it was Alf. Maybe it was like Twin Peaks. Let us know. Send us an email over at um, bagnaboardcast. Wait. Bagnaboardcast at gmail.com. We don't have a legit email anymore. Uh, or comment on the show notes for this episode. Let us know what we might have slept on, what we might have missed. If you Find do it. a search for deadlikemeontarget.com, you get What Does Dead Mean? by Carolyn J. and Jenny Thomas. Hardcover for $15.95. I think I it's a, I I think it's they a didn't good put book. out a Blu-ray. They didn't put out a Blu-ray. Who cares? Yep. They don't have it. Uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, those places. Uh, Chris is coming up in uh, October to visit Paul and hey. I in Buffalo. For his birthday. And my birthday. And and maybe we'll put some stuff up on our, inst- our bag and board Instagram. <laughs> Have I not done anything with that? I don't think we've done anything Ooh. since Beercation. <laughs>